The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity FM. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And uh, thanks a lot to all of you who are listening with us today. We're so glad that you're out there. I love getting your uh, comments on Facebook and love getting your emails, love getting your phone calls. So thank you so much for participating. And uh, Go on our Facebook page and post on our wall. We always have a discussion going about the week's topics, so we welcome your posts. And thank you again for letting your communities know about the spirit of recovery. We're building our audience, and it's just great to know that we're uh, radiating out there and broadcasting on the topic of recovery. Uh, it's fun uh, to hear from, from all of you and to hear what's going on in your lives. So uh, I'm really happy to know that what we're doing is touching your heart. Every week, we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We've got guests every week who are down-to-earth, who are knowledgeable, and who are innovative. People who are in recovery themselves or who work with recovering people or who write for recovering people. Every week, we bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person in recovery from any kind of addiction, or if you're a family member or a friend of someone with the disease of addiction, or if you're somebody who simply wants to learn more about the process of recovery, the Spirit of Recovery welcomes you and your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister, and I'm trained in addiction counseling. And also, I'm a person who has, in my circle of love and friendship, many people with the disease of addiction. Almost 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that walk keeps richly transforming my life, and it keeps me growing in ever and ever deeper ways. So I'm really grateful and very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas about recovery and unity and spirituality with you and to hear what you're experiencing on your spiritual and recovery path. 
On every show, we give away a recovery book, and they are donated by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. That's www.hazelden.org. And a big thanks to Hazelden for donating our books. And today, the book that we'll be having a drawing for is called God, A Relationship Guide, Getting to Know Your Higher Power. It's by the author Judith E. Turian. So you can... Call in or you can send in an email and just let us know you want us uh, to put you in the drawing. We keep all your information confidential and we'll put you in the drawing today and uh, we'll see if you are the one that wins this book. Also in the book, we put a beautiful bookmark by Barbara Bergen, who's a Unity artist and photographer and writer. And um, just call in or email in and get your name in the drawing. We won't put you on the air unless you want to ask a question or make a comment. Today, our topic is the 12 Steps to Revolutionary Evolutionary Spirituality. And joining me is my guest, Barry Bernard. Barry's a Unity Minister, and he's the author of the book, Stepping Through the Narrow Gate, Personal Transformation Through Evolutionary Spirituality. And Barry has used these ideas that he's written about for many years in his own life, and he's also used them very productively with the people that he has served in ministry over the years. Barry is the Senior Minister of Unity Church of Omaha, and he is also a trained transitional minister in Unity and has served many ministries in that capacity. And as a transitional minister, he facilitates the growth and development of church communities as they move through times of leadership change and as they are establishing their new visions. So I'm very glad to have uh, Barry with us on the show today. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here on Spirit of Recovery. And I know that you've studied the 12 steps for many years and also Unity's principles and Unity's 12 powers, and that in the last several years you put them all together for a very powerful approach to spirituality, an evolutionary, revolutionary approach. So I'm looking forward to all that you've got to share with us today, Barry. So welcome. Well, thanks, Anna. It's good to be here. Good to always yeah. be visiting with you. You've been important in my life in unity. So. Thank you. You're yeah, one we of met. the early people we met, that I met, right? That's right. Long time ago in the old yeah. continuing education program. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had many talks. Yeah. Good that stuff. Was, they were good. Yes, they yeah. were. So I know that you had a deep crisis of faith, Barry, a few years ago, and that that really made some changes for you. Would you tell us about that and, and what happened and um, how that resulted in, in your putting these different, the 12 steps and, sure. and unity principles together? Sure. Well, it, it, you know, I had, I had been in recovery a long time, involved in recovery, and, um, and I visited the Unity Church in, in California and had this message or whatever, this voice in my head said that you're going to be a unity minister one day. And that eventually, after a few years, happened. And mm-hmm. I was in the church in Ames, Iowa, and I'd been doing ministry for oh, just about a year and a half, almost two years, I think. And and um, and in that time, you know, one of the things that had attracted me to unity was Jesus' statement that the things that I do, you will do, and even greater things will you do. That's kind mm-hmm. of paraphrased. But... but but you know, after about a year and a half in ministry, and after after really talking about that, and really seeing that as a way that that Jesus was saying that this Christ potential existed in all of us, not just in Him. Yet I wasn't doing any of those things, and mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know anybody else was, and and I thought, you know, I'm not sure about this, and I'm not sure what I'm saying, 
and I'm not even sure, you know, how much of the Christ potential in me is realized because I, there are many days when I don't feel like the Christ, you know, many days. Yes. And, and so, and so I thought, you know, for me to go on a ministry, I think I need to find out. I need to get an answer to this question. Why is that? That I can't do those things, and I've dedicated my life to this. And, and the things I'm talking about are, are, of course, the miracles and healings and a lot of that stuff that he seemed to do at will without any question, you know, mm-hmm. about that. It just, whenever he chose to do it, he did it. So, so I, so I, I got a, a friend of mine, a licensed teacher, Mary Sigmund, to come up and kind of sit in for my ministry. And I took a 90-day sabbatical and did a, a juice and, and silence fast for 90 days mm-hmm. and um, got rid of all books, everything. You know, just no contact except every four days I'd go to the store and buy fruit and vegetables for my juicer and just sat. And I was out in the country, had a little place in the woods, and I sat and I walked and I sat and I walked and, and just kind of allowed... Um, myself to have this experience. Well, it was about 45 days into the experience. I was walking down a road, and dirt road on the country, and this voice came into my head, and or my mind spoke to me, or whatever it was. But it said, because I'd asked why I couldn't do it, and it said, well, the power to do those things that Jesus did, that kind of spiritual power is granted by God. And it really is granted to individuals based on on the, 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 how they have developed the capacity not to misuse it, because mm-hmm. the power is used at one's own discretion. And mm-hmm. I thought about that, and I thought, well, that's true. There are there for me because there are times when I would misuse power. I certainly have done it in the past, and I know my ego is still alive and well, and I certainly could do that. You know, mm-hmm. and that, and I understood that, and and then the next, but it followed with another question, which was, why am I like this in the first place? If that's mm-hmm. the case, why am I made like that? Mm-hmm. And then the answer came, and the answer says, is that the components of human nature that are yours, and that could result in the abuse of power, were were necessary for the evolution of our species. You wouldn't be here without them having been part of the history of the evolution of, of the human species. It's just that now the, the human species has got to the point with the kind of creative power that they have is they have to begin transcending some of those things that are inherited components of human nature. So it's not. So the message was it's not that I was bad as much as it was I'd inherited some things and my journey was to transcend some of those ideas and attitudes and beliefs that were, were no longer good, given the fact that I was now getting access, and hum, human beings were getting access to more and more power. So that's a really different message than than the idea of original sin, or or that we've got these human problems because somehow, right, we set, decided to defy God's will. Right, very much different. In fact, it just said, you know, that that. They're, they're pretty much natural, but evolution has always had to transcend the, the existing conditions, you know. And so the answer for me came, is that the answer was evolution, was evolution mm-hmm. creativity, and there was a process. And that, that changed my whole approach to ministry and to spirituality. And I began to study evolution and began to read everything from Darwin's, you know, uh, to Daniel Dennett and Dawkins, um, Stephen Jay Gould, Teilhard de Chardin, everything that I could find on evolution, from the people that were doing primate research, Franz de Waal, and just lots of people, uh, Robert Wright, who who wrote The Moral Animal. Um, and, you know, I read that. It was one of the early on books that I read, and we just had him in Omaha speaking the other night. So, hmm. 
about his newest book, The Evolution of God, which certainly spoke to me, you know, since that's something I'm very interested in. But but evolutionary creativity, and, and the more that I looked at it and the more I discovered Spirodynamics and Ken Wilber and Don Beck and Gene Gibser and all, and all of these people who had been looking at that, and Sri Aurobindo, um, the Indian mystic, you know, the more I began to see that the the universe right from the very beginning for for 14 billion years the one consistent thing about it is is evolution mm-hmm. it has evolved from the moment of the big bang and it just began to become clear to me that that evolution is almost a metaphysical principle hmm. um, you know what that brings to mind to me is the uh, one of the in unity we talk about the twelve Christ powers, different aspects right. of uh, that, and the the one that stands out for me when you say that is zeal. That that's what uh, the unity authors zeal is the one that's the power that's about forward movement. That to me really is sure. embodies that that concept of what you just said that it's sure. it is the evolving, always creating uh, spirits there. So you've studied, obviously, and used the 12 steps for many right. years, which, we, as we know, are associated uh, with addiction recovery. That's right. how they got written and so forth. Sure. So how has what you're studying now about evolutionary spirituality and evolution, how has that impacted how you see and use the 12 steps? Well, well first, what I really wanted to do was, was to reconcile it with the teachings of Jesus, which I didn't find difficult to do at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. So I started to read the, all of the Gospels over and over again and try to see them from an evolutionary perspective, you know, and and with the idea that Jesus was probably one of the first human beings to make a, a jump into the next stage of evolution that humanity is designed for or that we're headed for. And I'm not sure if design is the right word. But mm-hmm. the next one that we're being drawn to is 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 a, uh, is a state of human nature in which we are fully awake to our divine potential. And I read all of the scriptures and then began to read the whole Bible and say, well, it's a story of this evolution moving towards this time. Then I looked again at unity and the 12 faculties of mind, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if they can be seen from an evolutionary perspective, from a, from a kind of a system. Could you briefly then, tell us what the 12 powers are for all our listeners may, may not yeah, be familiar 12, with them? The 12 faculties of mind are 12 powers are 12 um, components of the sense of self that Charles Fillmore identified that made it, makes it possible for us to discuss, you know, how, what our sense of self is made up. So he, he called them faculties of mind or 12 powers. And they and the, these twelve faculties of mind, he said the, the the total of them, and that's just a way of discussing them. I'm not, not, you know, although he did identify that they have power centers in the body and things like that. So he believed that they kind of made up our essence. And twelve was a very good number for Charles. It was a number, the twelve tribes of Israel. You know, the um, the the different ways that twelve has been used signifying a kind of a wholeness or a completeness, you know, the 12 months of the year, make a whole year, those kinds of ideas were important to him. So I looked at how do I put the 12 steps of recovery together with the 12 faculties of mind supported by the teachings of Jesus. I thought, is that possible? And that's when I began studying to do that, and Uh the book came out of that effort. Right. So you took three very big... uh, wisdom traditions in a sense those three that you just named and integrated them that's powerful well it's powerful. 
And you know, and, and it was really it was it just something. And then when I got into it, it seemed to work pretty good. It seemed to make a great deal of sense to me. And so yeah, I did it, and you know, wrote a book of eighty thousand words. Got an editor, and she got it down to fifty five thousand. You know, so 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 it was it was really a great it was a great experience of doing that. And the book has been very useful, you know. And when I use it and and approach the twelve faculties of mind, saying. That from the, this context that I've written in the book, it's really about cycles of spiritual evolution. Huh. That each time we go through a cycle of growth, it almost always either needs to or usually does change all of those 12 faculties of the self. We become less kind of ego, um, and driven is not the right word, but, e- but ego may be centered in our identity. We lose some of, a, of the ego identity and gain uh, some degree of Christ identity. Meaning that we lose some of the power, lose some of the, the capacity or the inclination to abuse power whenever we lose some of our ego, and we mm-hmm. gain some of the Christ power. So mm-hmm. each cycle of, of evolutionary growth um, usually involves that, a reduction of the ego and the potential to abuse power, and, and, and thus an opening to the greater power that is um, that is ours by inheritance as we continue to grow and evolve towards that next stage of what I believe humanity is in, is called to be, and that's to be fully awake to our divine potential. Right. So tell us one way that your spirituality has changed. Give us an example uh, as you work on it from this viewpoint. Well, I think that... that, that um, that I accept myself. I, you know, I lived with self hatred for most of my life, mm-hmm. and and you know, and I and and depression. I mean, severe depression. I've been hospitalized for depression before, before I got into Unity, before I got recovery, and those kinds of things, and suffered pretty pretty significant amounts of depression. And what right. I did is it released much of that. Wow! It just um, mm-hmm. just because 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 I'm pretty sure I'm okay, even though I'm about half messed up. Mm-hmm. It, but you're supposed and, to be half messed up. That's how you grow. <laughs> right. That's sort of the, the human situation, I think, right? Exactly. That's, right, uh, right. That growth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it great. was that voice that said, there's nothing really wrong with you. You've just taken on some of the human nature that is, that is, that is part of our inheritance for the purpose of you taking it on, experiencing it, and then in the process of transforming it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm struck by uh, something Charles others. Fillmore wrote in uh, The Atom Smashing Power of Mind. Charles Fillmore is the co-founder of Unity, who wrote uh-huh. a lot of Unity books. Um, and um, he says our purpose is not to obliterate our humanity, but it's to transform it. Makes yeah. me think about that, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's time for us to take a break. And so when we come back, we're going to talk some more about this paradox because you've written an intriguing uh, thought in your book that we can't control the evolutionary process, but we've got to cooperate with it. So that, that, uh, that gets me thinking. So we're going to take a little break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we'll start uh, right when we get back with the Serenity Minute, which is a brief moment to focus on a positive thought. And then we're going to talk about that paradox and uh, see how that manifests in our lives. So during our break, be sure to call in with a comment or question. That number is 888-55-UNITY. Or also to put your name in for the book drawing, or you can send us an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. Again, the phone number is 888-55-UNITY. So 
Give us a call or send us an email and we'll be right back. You're listening to Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity FM family of listeners, to support this ministry through a tithe or love offering. Please visit us at www.unity.fm. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Tom Thorpe, Unity Minister and Faculty Member of Unity Institute, and I'd like to share an upcoming opportunity with you. Next March, you can join like-minded friends for the journey of a lifetime to explore the wonders of ancient Egypt. On this 10-day guided tour, you will see the Pyramids of Giza and the Sphinx, visit the Great Pyramid, and cruise down the Nile River. The trip runs March 18th through March 29th, 2011, and pricing starts at $2,995. Immerse yourself in the realm of infinite possibilities on this exhilarating journey of renewal, profound personal growth, and evolution of consciousness. To reserve your space, register now at www.unity.org Egypt. That's www.unity.org Egypt. I think you'll really enjoy this enlightening journey. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is 12 Steps to Revolutionary Evolutionary Spirituality. And my guest is Barry Vennard, who's a Unity Minister and the author of the book, Stepping Through the Narrow Gate. Join me for a few moments as we take this time to center ourselves in some peace of mind before we get back to our conversation with my guest. We're going to take a serenity minute, just a moment to relax, to focus on a constructive thought, and to let ourselves be refreshed by the spirit within. 
So right now, I invite you to join me in focusing on this constructive idea. Relax, allow your mind to open, to rest, and to be refreshed. And the idea is, I'm awake to my divine spiritual nature. The power of God helps me express it, and I experience good in my life. I am awake to my divine spiritual nature. The power of God helps me express it, and I experience good in my life. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I hope that you're refreshed and renewed by taking just that moment in the quiet. And now we're back with my guest, Barry Vinard, talking about the 12 steps to revolutionary evolutionary spirituality. And this is a good time to give us a call at 888-55-UNITY or to email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm with a comment or a question for Barry about this idea of evolutionary spirituality, the 12 steps, Unity's uh, metaphysical principles, whatever you've got that's related to this, and also to get your name in for a uh, for the book drawing. And the book that we're drawing for today is God, a Relationship Guide, Getting to Know Your Higher Power. So, Barry, when we um, closed before the break, we had um, uh, you were telling us about that paradox of the idea that we can't control the evolutionary process, but we must cooperate with us. So, what does that look like? How do you do that? Well, well, I think I think it, 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 it's something that just happens to us. I mean, we like to try to be in control of our lives, but what happens is um, is is and the premise that I have in my book is that all human beings have inherited aspects of human nature as they presently exist for the purpose of first accepting them and then transforming them as we go through. So if some of those components of human nature stop working for us, the ones that we would in unity would call negative, you know, they're kind of the ego-based, maybe self-centered or fear-based kinds of ideas and attitudes and beliefs, mm-hmm. and they stop working. And usually they stop working. The, the way they stop working is they create a crisis, or one, they're stopping working, a crisis occurs. And mm-hmm. if that crisis then launches us into things. So the crisis for me and for many people in recovery was that, you know, the sense of comfort that I got from, from certain chemicals and, and alcohol and different things like that, that comfort was pretty useful to me, and it worked for a long time. And then it stopped working. And not only it stopped working, the fact that I could no longer control how much created a huge crisis in my life, and mm-hmm. and that launched me into 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 finding a new way, you know. Mm-hmm. And so so the, so the point being is you can't control evolution, but you have to you have to cooperate with it. So what happens when people have those? And I and I believe all human beings have these. We've all inherited them. Mm-hmm. And when they when they create a crisis in your life, there's an evolutionary answer towards that to that crisis, and, and it is in cooperating with it. And and of course, for us, we know that it is seeking spiritual resources and and a spiritual awakening, a transformative spiritual awakening. That is the way we cooperate with evolution. Great. But we can't control Thanks. that. Great. Um, I just got an uh, email from a listener, Steve, and this is his question for you, Barry. Uh, He writes, many involved speak about the, quote, impulse to evolve, end of quote, 
an intrinsic part of our beingness. I wonder how Barry views this impulse and how to best activate or increase it. So how do you activate or increase the impulse to evolve well, an intrinsic uh, part of our beingness? Sure, sure. And I, I really, I, boy, I'm in complete agreement with him that mm-hmm. I do believe that. There probably, you know, probably isn't any stronger impulse in us at the very essence of who we are is to evolve because because the presence of God in this universe for 13.7 billion years has been an evolutionary creative activity presence. I mean, that's what's been going on. And so we're made of that. I mean, we can't be anything, I, in my opinion, we can't be anything other than that. Mm-hmm. And so... And, and waking up to that and understanding that that is that the need to evolve when my life is is falling apart seems to be that it's falling apart if it is that that's not because I'm inherently bad or wrong or or some kind of defective or whatever it's that that's how evolution works it's mm-hmm. things the way things used to be no longer work for us and there's a need for transformation so 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 when I see the impulse to evolve it's what informs all of the challenges that I have in my life. Now, hmm. that's what's changed in my life, is I now see all challenges as being um, a component of that impulse to evolve, which is the essence of my nature and the essence of all life. And mm-hmm. thus, I think the essence of the creative presence of God in expressing itself as life, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Steve, yeah. for uh, sending that email. We appreciate it. And we'll also put his name in for the book drawing. Thank you very much. And um, I, you know, what that brings to mind for me is that it's easy for me to sort of look at other people and think, well, they're not evolving. They're just goofing up. <laughs> so what would you say to that when we look at other people and we think they're just stuck? Is it possible to be stuck or not? Well, I think it, it is. It is. It is, um, yeah, it probably is. It's, I was stuck. <laughs> for, you know, I've been stuck since, too. You know, I've, mm-hmm. being stuck is kind of, you know, because, because something has worked for me for a long time, and, and it stopped working, and I'm not real hot on that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to keep on working, and, and I get stuck, meaning I keep trying the same thing over and over again kind of a thing, you know. So, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and, or... Or there's some old kind of idea that we begin to see on the spiritual journey some uh, some of of the components of human nature that are not working for us, but some people are still using them, and they're working for them fairly well, or Mm -hmm. at least sufficiently that they're not motivated to change it because it's not creating a crisis in their life. So most, you know, for me, I just was stuck until it created a crisis, and then I then to get out of that crisis, I found the spiritual answers, you know, that come through. Um, through, through, you know, just spiritual practices and ways of looking at things that helps resolve that and move me forward. So, so when you're saying that, it gives me a thought about a, a, a way to look at other people that uh, with more compassion or just more understanding that uh, maybe it looks like it's stuck to me or it would, maybe if I were doing what they were doing, I would be stuck, but they're not stuck. They're just, it's working for them. Is that sure. what you're saying? Yeah, kind of like that. And that we're all... You know, I remember when I when I had to stop drinking, I thought, you know, all my friends don't have to stop today. <laughs> mm-hmm. how, how unfair is this? Bummer, you know, they're bummer, going out, right? <laughs> they're going out drinking and having a party, and I get to go to a meeting of some sort, you know. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. 
you know, but it was my day or, and it's been my day before when some, when some aspect of my character, of my personality or my ego personality is no longer working for me. It is my day. And, you know, and people had to put up with me while it was still working for me. Right. You know, and, and, and they have to, and, and I was pretty sure that they should forgive me. Well, if I'm pretty sure they should forgive me, there's this thing that says maybe I should try to forgive others, too, as well, you know. So that's kind of been helpful to me in trying to, trying to be present to people, you know, in those kinds of times. Right, yeah, it really gives a basis for, uh, for acceptance and compassion and love sure. and tolerance, it sounds like. Yeah, so, so you've got some good human relations principles in there, too. Yep. Now, I know that you have, as you said earlier, that you have equated or, or paired up the, a step with one of the 12 steps with right. one of the 12 Christ powers that you right. talked about earlier. Could you talk to us about that, how you, how you use sure. that? Sure. Well, what I did was look, looked at, look at, a, at a kind of a threefold process. What I did was, was, for me, what had happened to me is when I had my crisis, what I did is I turned to the presence of God and said, I don't know how this works or how you work, God but I'm going to give my life to it and, and just make a decision for that. And maybe it'll work and maybe it won't work. I really don't know. But, it, but that choice is a better, better than most of the other choices I have to make. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and try that. And so, it was, so that, that attempt to do that was the foundation. And what I did was identify kind of three foundational components of what Charles Fillmore identified as the 12 faculties of mind. And in my book, I used those three as life, love, and faith. And so life is the generating activity of God. And then I can carry this in an evolutionary perspective clear back to the Big Bang. The life, is, the generating activity of God is giving life to the universe. And, that, and, and in our context, that happened 13.7 billion years ago with the first radiance of life. And then, and then what happened is the phenomena of separation occurred at that time. But that was not a bad thing. That was so that, that elements that were separated could come together and make new things that had never existed before. And so it's creativity, new, really. Exactly. And love was that force. And so the love that I think that we are conscious of as human beings today are simply evolved aspects of something that happened at the very beginning of the universe and the four, the four forces that, that physicists have identified as as the weak and strong nuclear force, the electromagnetic force, and, the, and gravity are all attractive forces. Mm-hmm. And they attract things together. And when those things come together, when subatomic particles come together, they make things that have never existed before. Mm-hmm. And then that law of attraction causes them to come together, hydrogen and helium atoms. And then the law of attraction, the same gravity, the same love, that attracts things together, brought them together in clouds of gas and then in stars. And then as those stars, as that, as that gravity even increased in the mass of those stars, they made new things that had never existed, new atoms. And that's where all the elements came from. That's where our universe, that physical part of our universe, it comes out of, those, out of that evolutionary process. So, so love is the, process, is, is the attraction. And so my essence was life is a generating faculty of mind and nature of God. Love is the connecting aspect of God. And then faith is, faith is about the future. So faith is about this thing happening in an unfolding story that has a mm. future. Mm-hmm. And so they're the foundation. 
So I believe God is God is what is generating me. The presence of love is undeniable in me. That that's there, even if I can't see it. Every every cell in my body is in a love relationship with every other cell. It's fifty trillion experiences of love going on inside of me right now. Mm-hmm. You know. And I have to acknowledge that and know that that's a, that's a truth. And then there is something happening in the future. Then the future is is that love is seeking new expressions in and through me in the future story of my life. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation by which I do recovery. Mm-hmm. So how is that different from how you did recovery before uh, you had this uh, spiritual crisis and, and came to this understanding? How is it different? today well, for you well before i never I, I think this that to really understand this kind of to have in my own cognitive mind in my own consciousness this concept of god as a creative presence that is that is continually seeking to be known as new experiences and creations of love in and through me and through my mind and through my body and through my life i never really thought that before i thought there was a god and if i did things right he would help me in recovery and i wouldn't have to go back to being what i was before Mm-hmm. Now I begin to see that there's a great, that that's really much larger than that, and it's mm-hmm. much bigger than that, and much more profound than just my need not to get arrested, you know, or whatever. <laughs> well, all the bad things that happened to me when I got in trouble, you know. So it was much more profound than that, and so that changed my my approach to recovery. Right. So instead of it. Your recovery, how it used to be for you, was more about trying to escape the bad things, or, oh, I hope that doesn't happen again. Right. It's more into an expanding life, and uh, life's getting bigger, right. and I'm going somewhere, and start it's getting working better. On, yeah, start working on the good things. You know, I've spent a lot of time, and I think that's important in recovery, is working on what's wrong kind of a thing. And, so, and that served me well. It brought me to the point where I could start working on what was right about me. And it was that foundation that I just described that made it possible to make the shift to working on what's right about me relieve depression because I really knew that that was the truth. At some level inside of me, I knew that that was true. And that relieved my depression. I was here for that purpose. Now, I have to grow in my capacity to fulfill that. No question about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but it doesn't change the fact that that's my purpose and that's why I'm here. And that's not depressing. (laughs) You know. That's right. And, you know, uh, what the cognitive behavioral therapist will tell you is that one thing that feeds into a depression is that people have a, a view of the future that's not positive. Exactly. They think it's I, not going anywhere. So. I used to tell my, my mentor, I, you know, before I really got into this, I was, I was depressed. And he said, well, you should be depressed. He said the ideas and the attitudes and beliefs that you've lived with have not worked for you in the past, they're not working for you today, and they're not going to work for you in the future. So, really? That's a, yeah, you you ought to be depressed. Why? How could you not be depressed about that? And I would just look at him and think, what the hell? You know, I mean, what are you saying to me? And he said, but that's what this is all about. It's about change. It's about transformation so that you can get new ideas and attitudes and beliefs that create a positive future for you. And they right. have to start at the very foundation of who you are. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like from what you're have told us about your your sort of second spiritual awakening, that's what I'm calling it, anyway, that you went through a few years ago with your time where you fasted and really uh-huh. spent your time opening up to God, is that you had, you, it got much deeper than even just a cognitive belief that, okay, life is good. You had the actual experience. You got right. it. Right. Yeah. And, and the experience of, 
the experience of, of God as love and life and as evolutionary creativity somehow got into my system and moved from my head. Well, I don't even think it existed in my head before that, but it, but it just overtook me. And that was, that's the reality that I live in. That's the foundation of my reality today, and it's always the foundation on bad days and good days. It, it never changes. That foundation is always there, mm-hmm. and that serves me pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, yeah, that's powerful. You know, and I'm not clear through with all my old ideas yet. So, so I'm not saying that this has, this has turned me into some kind of a guru on the mountain or anything like that. I still have some, you know. I, you know, the only, I have an addictive personality, which means, you know, I get focused on one thing, and, and, it's, and, and when I'm focused on it, I really am focused on it. Well, that can serve me well. I understand it and experience it because sometimes it allows me to do some things and, and really, really use my mind and my consciousness in, in a really focused way, you know, but I have to be careful about it because I can move into the level of, of addiction to lots of different things. And, right. Know, and Thank I'm you. susceptible Thank to you, that Thank you, We're going to have to take a break right now. Okay. This is fascinating. When we come okay. back, we're going to talk some more about this paradox of the addictive personality and the spiritual knowingness, and, and we'll hear some more about okay. that. So um, thanks a lot, Barry. We'll be right back. And if you're listening, this is a good time to give us a call or send us an email, 888-55-UNITY with your comments or questions for Barry and also to get your name in for the book drawing. So we'll be back in just a moment. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity FM. Attention spirit seekers. Have you seen the new Unity magazine? It has a bold, fresh look and is filled with content to support you on every step of your spiritual journey. Each bi-monthly issue of Unity Magazine is read by people like you who are seeking answers to spiritual questions about relationships, meditation, divine potential, and more. Inside, you will find a wealth of news from the Unity Movement, inspirational articles, reviews on the latest spiritual books, and interviews with renowned spiritual teachers. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to www.unitymagazine.org. Unity Magazine is also available in most Unity Church bookstores. Join us as we discover the leading edge of Unity thought, expand our consciousness, and experience a greater oneness with Spirit. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It is intentional. It is a decision about who you will be and what you will do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverend Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on Unity principles, talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting, and address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This is Unity's online radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
To join the discussion, call us at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is 12 Steps to Revolutionary Evolutionary Spirituality. And my guest is Barry Vennard. He's a minister and an author of Stepping Through the Narrow Gate, Personal Transformation Through Evolutionary Spirituality. And this is a good time to give us a call or email us with a question or a comment for Barry. And um, we are going to, first of all, announce the winner of our book, which is... uh, God, you're getting to know your higher power, and our winner is Steve. Thank you, Steve, for emailing in with your comment, and we've you are the winner of our book, so thanks very much. Okay, so Barry, when we left before the break, you were telling us about that paradox of uh, of uh, sort of still being quite human and living with uh, your, as you called it, an addictive personality, and at the same time having experienced great transformation and and a much uh, greater quality of life as you've put together the the twelve Christ powers that we talk about in unity with the twelve steps. Sure. So share with us about how that works. How does well, that? How do you put them together? Sure. Well, well, you know, the first three faculties I talked about, life, love, and faith, are really the first three steps. We're right in the middle of life that this happens. You know, it's, life's going on, and this is what's going on. Love is the answer. Love is the presence of God. I had a hard time with that, growing up with a, with a concept of God that was based on fear, mostly. And, um, and I had a sponsor who told me, he says, you know, that's not going to work for you. He said, you're going to have to change that. And I said, how do I change it? And he said, well, write down everything you've ever heard, anybody's ever told you about God, negative things, good things, all of them. Write them all down. And then go through that list and scratch off any of the ones that you don't believe in and any of the ones you don't want to believe in. And then come up with a concept of God that if it were true, you could turn your life and your will over to it. And I thought, well, I can do that. And I came up with a concept of God, and which was God is a benevolent presence that no matter what I do, God's presence in my life will be a helpful, helping, guiding presence that will lead me to a better quality of life, always, no matter what. That mm-hmm. This God could never be against me. So I told my mentor that, and he said, well, that's good. And I said, but I don't believe that that's the truth. I don't have any evidence of that. And he said, well, what you have to do is run an experiment. And for the next six months, whenever you think of God, you use that concept and nothing else. And then at the end of six months, he said, if it doesn't work for you, you can... Go back to drinking, you commit suicide, do whatever you want. But, but you got, but you got to agree with me that you're going to do, do, do this experiment for six months. And whenever you think of God, you will use only that concept. And I did that, and it was probably in about two months that I stopped the experiment. It was going to be that concept. Mm-hmm. That was it. 
and mm-hmm. and something changed inside of me that did that. So that was that was my beginning, and the, and and that's turning my. And then I made the third step, which is the step of faith. I turned my life and my will over to that care of that, and that was the and that was what I was going to use from this point on, and I've never changed that in that time. And then the next six steps are the life review steps. So, so we got the first three steps to set up the foundation, life, love, and faith. And the next ones are the anybody in 12 steps know the life review steps, which are their inventories and making amends, basically. Looking at your whole history of your life and looking at it through different eyes. And, and so the faculties of mind that address that are understanding, wisdom, renunciation, understanding this is how I got where I am. Wisdom is here's a new way to look at it. Renunciation says Here's the way that I can let go of some of those old ideas and attitudes and beliefs. I'm willing to drop those. They're no longer working for me. And then I look and see how is that, what kind of wake have I left behind? What has my life been like, and what do I need to do with that? So then I look at how I try to create a life of order out of those old ideas. I try to get things under control. And then I begin to look at, at how when I did that passionately, that often did harm to other people, you know. And, and and I looked at my will. So those are so those you know through those steps they are understanding, wisdom, renunciation, will, order, and passion. Mm-hmm. And and they involve then taking an inventory or a life review, and then going out and undoing where it was possible to undo some of the damage of the past. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that allows those old ideas and attitudes and beliefs that are that are still maybe lurking around the corner. It really takes the power out of them. It just mm-hmm. really separates you from the old ideas and attitudes and beliefs that are really messed up. That's mm-hmm. how you get permanently separated from them is when you go out and you undo the damage. You can see how it affected your relationships and you undo that damage. And so that's the second phase. So it kind of, so so stepping through the narrow gate has three phases to it. The, the foundational phase, which is usually usually started, facilitated, or, or motivated, or I'm not quite sure if the right word, but it starts in a crisis. Mm-hmm. And and you make the decision to turn turn your life and will over to care of a concept of God that is love, and then you do a life review, which includes making amends and straighten up wreckage of the past where it is needed to do that. And then the last part of it are is strength, vision, and power. And so it is. So then in in step ten, it's really saying I'm going to strength is about how I practice this. And how I apply this day after day, new situations that come up, and even if some of my old ideas start to sneak back in, I replace them with the new ideas that have come to me through this process, and I get stronger in my capacity to do that. Continually getting stronger and more able to operate from this new reality that, that now constitutes who I am as an expression of the divine. And then, I, then, the, then the next one is vision and imagination. Ah, and here is who I have come to be. This is what this is really about, is who I have come to be as a child of God. Mm -hmm. And that's the new vision. That's what replaces the old ego sense of self, is this new divine sense of self that is emerging. And And then from that comes the power to express that in the world in ways in which I become a presence in the world that is a healing presence, that is a presence of love, and it happens in relationships with other people. And it happens as I share this whole process with others, too, as well. Mm-hmm. You so know, I'm really struck power. by this, Barry, about how all that you're talking about really does revolve around shifting your own relationship with God so that you're having the experience 
really that God is love, and you're not beating up on yourself anymore. Exactly. But still not denying that there are things that need to be changed. So that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the key, is being able to be present. And this is what's hard for the ego to do. The ego just hates to do that, just hates it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it says that, 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 that because there is a need to change in me, that's what actually makes me a child of God. That's what makes me part of this human experience, this experience of life that is continually evolving. Mm-hmm. And, 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 sure, and, and how could I be human if there weren't things in me that needed to change? Mm-hmm. And so change isn't about identifying how bad I am or how defective I am. It's about identifying here's something that, that needs to be changed. Just like, just like you know, just, and I use the example oftentimes of an infant. Uh, if an infant has a need that needs to be met, it, it has a strategy, and that strategy is to cry and to scream as loud as it can mm-hmm. and get attention and get somebody to change his diapers or stick a nipple in his mouth or whatever it is that the infant wants at the time. Screaming is the way to do it. It works. It is a really good thing. At about two and a half in years old in the checkout line in a grocery store, it stops working. Mm-hmm. And the infant doesn't give it up easily. And it isn't that the strategy is wrong. It is just that it's a strategy that is no longer useful mm-hmm. to get something that you want. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's grow, almost like you outgrow it, sort of. Exactly. And so that's what's happening with humanity with a lot of the, of the characteristics that we assign to the ego that we see are, are causing war and suffering and ways in which we relate to each other that just don't produce what we want. They are ways that actually served in earlier stages of evolution. You can watch them in animals. You can watch them in life. And they're supposed to be there. You know. But, we, but we, are, we have a new level of creative power, which we see we, we're using all the time in the world anyway. Huge. I mean, the technology, this thing that we do that no other animal can do. So we have a huge amount of creative power already, and we can already see that the misuse of that can be real problematic, and it creates problems. And so the need to evolve into this next stage, which is to let go of some, some of those inherited proclivities that, uh, that are part of human nature that we got through evolution, and to transcend them is really what our journey is about. So what are a couple of practical tips you would give to us as uh, people in recovery or anyone that wants to practice an evolutionary spirituality? I think that foundation thing of saying, here's a concept of God that if it were true, I would turn my life and my will over to it, and then doing that experiment. I think some people don't do that. I think Mm -hmm. people get a concept of God, but they regularly move themselves back to being afraid of God, mm. or, or not believing that God is on their side, or not believing that God is present, or whatever. And so, so, my, so I think that idea of getting that concept of God, that that is true, and, and that, that's doing this experiment of saying, I'm going to use that concept no matter what. And it has to be one that works for me. It also has to be one that doesn't keep it from working for other people. So it has to be something that's good for everybody. Barry, thank you so much. Our time is up. This has been a wonderful conversation with you. If people want a copy of your book, Stepping Through the Narrow Gate, how would they buy that? Sure. Just go on Amazon.com and type in Stepping Through the Narrow Gate or my name, either one, Barry Bernard, either one will get you um, to the place where you can buy a copy of it. Thank you. Thanks so much. You've given us a lot of good things to think about and certainly a very hopeful view of ourselves and of our future and a real deep, wonderful experience of a loving God. So thanks for being here with us today and lots of blessings to you and and for everybody that you serve. And I always appreciate talking to you. I just 
that's one of my high points. So, <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, thanks. That's yeah. really sweet. Okay, yeah. so uh, thanks to all our listeners. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, post on our wall on Facebook and join the discussion. And join us next Tuesday when our topic is living recovery with Jody K. And she has 27 years of living recovery um, as as a person with the disease of addiction and also as a family member. And Jody's philosophy is if you work it, it's work. If you live it, it's life. So join us next week. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery. You're in my prayers. Remember, you're a blessing. And I see the joy of living expanding in, as, and through you. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Someone once said that inspiration feeds the soul. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity FM Radio Network. Each week, we bring you pure inspiration, empowerment, and insight. Join us as we talk with best-selling authors, celebrities, and some of the most dynamic teachers in new thought and motivation in the world today. Spirituality Today is Unity FM Spiritual Book Club and a whole lot more. Be sure to listen in and open up to the wonder and beauty of all that spirit is in and through you. Spirituality Today with Jamie Sanders, every Wednesday at noon Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. I am free. What a powerful statement. By speaking these three... What exactly is spiritual social action? What makes it different than social action? What are other people doing? How can I make a difference? What does this have to do with church? Join Rev. Deborah Olive every Monday for insight into A World That Works. Explore what other ministries, churches, and centers are doing to make a positive difference on the planet. Engage in spirited dialogue with local and global leaders who are creating positive change. Dive deeply into spiritual principles that support you in being the Spirit of God in action, whether in your home, community, church, or worldwide. Call in to explore unity principles put into action in real-life situations by people like you. A World That Works with Rev. Deborah Olive every Monday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The dictionary states that consciousness is subjective experience or awareness or wakefulness or the executive control system of the mind. We think to be unconscious one needs not to be awake. 
So, are we living in a dream? Reverends Richard Billings and Halise Green, along with host June Moon, will help examine unity consciousness. If life is consciousness, when do we sleep? Listen to Richard, Halise, and June every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Conscious Content. Life is Consciousness. Join us in living. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.